your friends Will and Travis. It's the Dance Pass to Hut! You, soldier! Identify yourself by name and rank! Travis. Travis, what is your rank in this man's army? A podcast and helper. Podcast helper? You are a lowly potato peeling motherfucker in this man's army! I'm sorry. Travis, I need you to tell me are you a member of the intelligence gathering operation known as the Days Pass Tooncast? Yes, sir. I knew you'd break fast, soldier. I just didn't think it'd be that fast. It's real fast, sir. Well, we're going to build you up. My name is Buck Sergeant Will. I am the co-host on this podcast today. Can you tell me what this operation does? We break down 80s cartoons and and just a general um, observation of them, funny things we saw on it, and just a bunch of different stuff like that, sir. All right. Sir. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. okay. I think you're going to go far. I think so, too. Zip. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. It's the Days Past Tooncast. Will and Travis here, ready to talk to you again. Yes. Happy Thursday to you, Travis. Happy Thursday to you, Will. Yum. Thank you. No problem. That sounds like it's a problem. Okay, yeah, problem. (laughs) Hey guys, I am super, super, super excited to talk about this cartoon that we're talking about today. Um, It's actually not a cartoon that I watched in my youth, really. I think I caught like bits and pieces of it. Same here, I think. It's like maybe the most popular of these cartoons that we're going to talk about. I'll tell you this, I didn't I didn't catch the um the episode we watched. I, I caught like the later. I think I caught in the, the 90s. Yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah. the 90s stuff was, I caught that. Yeah. Mike, I you know, it seemed like everybody else had the toys. I didn't have any like for once didn't have any of the toys except for maybe one that I stole from somebody or oh, took yeah. home. I, or, I, had, I had I had the smaller little something like action that. figures, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I would like to talk about this cartoon because I, I just want to jump right into it. Yeah, jump into hey, it. Oh, hey, man, get that pool ready. Yeah. Jump into it. Jump Head into first, it. Buddy. Well, first, I want to expose you. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to expose you here yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, live. Expose me live. Yeah. It's I'm going to expose you to... Degrade me. The theme song oh, okay, to okay, this week's okay. podcast. And let me tell you, it's quality. Yo! Yo! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. We are talking about G.I. Joe, a real American hero. You know, the name, the subtitle, a real American hero. (laughs) I've been reading it as a real American hero. Like it's you're you're challenging somebody else's status as an American hero. (laughs) Like, step out of the way, policemen and firefighters. These crazy-ass soldiers who refuse to fire real guns, these are the real heroes. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting the comic book supervillains out there. <laughs> the real heroes of the world. Yeah, right. Okay, so we're talking about the original cartoon series, 
G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't see it as a kid. I, I saw it a tiny bit, maybe. I'm sure it was everywhere. And I mean, my uh, f- friends and family just had all those little, you know, bendy toys that just looked almost inhuman because they had all sorts of spots, <laughs> points of articulation and everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I think it was the military angle. Like I didn't, I didn't realize how little this had to do with military. Like, I assumed it was just like watching a soldier film or something like yeah. that as a kid. So I wanted to watch Thundercats. I wanted to watch superhero stuff. I didn't realize that this is basically just like everybody show up with your own gimmick and yeah. join the army. That's <laughs> what this shit really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, you said you didn't watch the cartoon or anything? I watched a little bit in the 90s, I think. Whatever was revamped in the late 80s, mm. early 90s, I watched a little bit of that. Okay, okay. But it was not this. This was this was a little old. This is more old school. It's... It, Started earlier than I thought it did, but that's yeah. true with pretty much everything. This actually started before I was born. Yeah, you know, for those of, for those few of you who don't know, I mean, you've probably heard the term GI Joe. Uh, you maybe you've heard of GI Jane, um, possibly more popular than the show, which is like a spinoff, I think. The G- a, de- a Demi Moore spinoff of GI Joe. Yeah, it yeah. was weirdly brutal. It's not what I would have expected, like uh, compared to like a kids' cartoon in yeah. the least. <laughs> Didn't seem fitting in tone. <laughs> but for those who don't know, this I'm actually going to break with our our uh, tradition a little bit here because okay. usually there is a paragraph that gets read. Yeah, there is by me. Yeah, the the V Will V Will's paragraph about fill in the blank, and I may have something like that here. But here's the thing: the announcer on this show, the narrator, yeah, he's already done my job for me, and I'd like to go ahead and just let him do his thing. So I'm going to play you guys the bit of narration that comes in the middle of the theme at the beginning of the show. Narration. 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 The duration of the narration. That's right. It comes in the middle of the theme, which is so strange to me. Like, instead of breaking it down in singing what they're doing, he just says in the middle, by the way, this is the deal with these guys. This is what you're going to be watching. I think a lot of these shows could learn from that. Yeah, right. Really. But that, hey, but that theme song, though. Oh, my gosh. that theme song, though. So the theme song... (laughs) is so not like inspiring for battle. It is a bunch of horns, again, horn heavy, as my friend Travis said before. (laughs) Very horn heavy, very slow, lax pace, just like... (laughs) And honestly, the more that I heard it, the more it feels like if you just rewrote the lyrics, it went to like a late 70s, early 80s sitcom. Right. Like I can imagine Cobra Commander and Duke, they're doing the individual shots at the intro of the sitcom where you're like looking up and then they say who played the character in their name. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and Cobra Commander. And then he looks up from cutting turkey for Thanksgiving and smiles at you. <laughs> like that's what this theme sounds like to me. And the music throughout is either that or like super groovy. And yeah. we'll, I would love to revisit the music. It pauses. The Duke's about to jump into a pool. Yeah, exactly. He's he's like, oh, you caught me. <laughs> Just having a little jaunt here during the summer. <laughs> and they're always su- they're always surprised. It's always like kind of like, ah, ah, you got me. Yeah, you caught me again. Oh, me? You're filming me? Yeah. Oh, what? so so nice of you to come in. <laughs> so that theme, I do. I will say, I I really do love it. Like, I just think it's not fitting. <laughs> of the show yeah not at all because it's it, the show is almost a superhero like sci-fi show really yeah. at the end of the day and i don't know i guess it's kind of military i guess it's got horns 
It has horns. I all that tells me is that it's a 1980s cartoon. Is <laughs> if it has horns in it, because right. that seems to be pretty prominent. Everybody loves horns. I don't. I've never met anyone that doesn't like horns. Horn heavy. Horn heavy is going to be the name of my next album. <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to let someone else do the heavy lifting for me first. Here, let's listen to what the narrator has to say in the middle of the GI Joe theme. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up. (laughs) It's so funny to me that the guy can barely finish that little uh, spiel, and then the singer has to interrupt him. Yeah. "Uh, Still G.I. Joe. (laughs) I'm still singing. Yeah, and he's, man, that, that singer is like a real ham, like in a very classical sense yeah, yeah, like he yeah, sings yeah. right from the chest he's he like, just, La-da-da-da. yeah he, he booty bumped that announcer out of the totally. way totally like i think like, they were check, sharing a mic yeah let me check this out real fast. <laughs> yeah he just bumped him right off the mic and started singing into it <laughs> now i will say that i still felt like there was something left to be said about the show they missed a couple things that were important in the yeah. premise yeah so you're actually going to get two paragraphs one by the narrator and you will get will's sequel paragraph yes all right Will's sequel paragraph about G.I. Joe. Okay. G.I. Joe was a hyper-realistic series of animated long-form toy commercials in which a billion soldiers and terrorists fired laser guns in each other's general vicinity. Every single person, place, and thing that appeared on the show was either based on a toy or would eventually be made into a toy at least once, but more likely a few times. Yeah. I think that they just missed the lasers is the big thing to yeah, me. Yeah, right. The lasers. Yeah. I love that big sound. Big time lasers. I, well, that, I noticed Pew. I noticed that there's laser sounds, but sometimes there's lasers and there's still ricochet sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people are firing guns off the side or whatever, but I, you know, one of the things that I looked up that I, <laughs> yeah. I realized about the show, which makes it so much less military is that because it was a kid's show, there were a number of regulations as to what they could and couldn't do. And they were actually not allowed to show or supposedly allowed to have them like using real firearms. And so that's why you have these color coded lasers, yeah. red for G.I. Joe and blue for Cobra. I don't know why it matters. Like, I don't care who's firing. It's just a bunch of lines on the screen. It does. You don't know who's doing what anyway. Yeah. But that's why you have that specific like science fiction element to or it seems like that's well they they sidestepped it pretty good i mean you know as a kid i didn't i didn't really oh, no. notice or care what I, if i saw that in the 90s no, no, or no, whatever no, no. well and they it was a few other things like nobody can die on screen which i think is kind of a funny detail yeah you can die just don't do it in front of me like you can they <laughs> we, should we describe. can talk about it we can talk about it in the later episode but exactly that's it though i think they should be able to describe in great detail grisly detail like how somebody died just watching it off screen but it's just on their face and then like blood splurts and stuff like that are just going by them just just a gi joe youtube reaction that's <laughs> yes, all exactly. you can get <laughs> that's all you that's, that's all right. we'll give you that's right i also oh, you see oh, you see the uh, cobra's face like Mm. Well, mm-hmm. well, you'd have to you'd have to be able to see his face to do that. No, oh, that's true. That's true. You're not going to see that man's <laughs> face anytime soon on this show. He's the Doctor Doom of this whole thing. And also, like they wanted it to be that if the vehicles are being destroyed, you have to see people escaping the vehicle before it's destroyed. Which <laughs> I noticed in this episode. Are these actual official are yeah, these real rules? These are that, things that I, I don't know. Wow. Man, I read it online. This wow. is shit that they said. And we all know if you read online, it's 100% it's an official document. Completely true, man. It was a wikia.thetruthaboutgijoe.com. Mm-hmm. Snopes. Dot Snopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But they they wanted to see people escape from the vehicles before they blew up. But that didn't happen in this episode. Yeah. They're shooting people. Okay, let's let's get into the episode. But okay. there are planes being shot down early in the episode, and people early, are not early, escaping. Early, like like two minutes. It turns very into quickly. Harbor. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> I, I want to talk. Yeah, it does. I want to talk about the origin of the show really quick because it's actually pretty interesting. We can yeah. set things up a little bit. Okay. Um, do you have any details about the run, the product run, anything like that? Well, I do. Funny you ask. Let me flip through my. It's hilarious that I ask my documentation here. GI Joe, first episode aired September twelfth, nineteen eighty three. Uh, it was known as the Action Force. In the UK. Oh. That was the name in the UK. And they like to change names. Right? It began with two five-part miniseries in 83 and 84, then in regular syndication uh, from 85 to 86. Mm-hmm. Um, tunes in some capacity, you know, all through the 90s and 2000s. A movie in 87, a cartoon movie in 87, followed by um, followed by three regular movies and a fourth one in, on the way. I didn't even know there was a third one. Yeah, I just well, knew it wait, two. Oh, was it was it two and a third one? Oh, and a third in development. Uh, Sorry, oh, <laughs> you got I me. I, I tried to slip seen... that by you, but you got me. <laughs> well, I only know in cursory <clears throat> glances at the internet because I have not seen either of those. Because right. again, I didn't care about this fucking show as a kid. <laughs> never seen the movies. No. but I kind of want to check it out. It's got The Rock and Channing Tatum. I mean, you. I I'm okay with the first you one. Can't f that up. I think Channing Tatum plays Duke. Okay, let's talk about the fucking show. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, okay, sorry. It's okay. Okay, so yeah, it's uh, it, the original show ran. Uh, for, it had a decent run, but then they followed it up almost immediately with another animated series that was just, it's like a continuation, but it was done by Deke. You know how at the end of the, a lot of these cartoons, you have Deke. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the production company. And so it's it's the same, but it's different. They change things around a little bit. Um, some of the things that I really struck me about this as an origin story goes, very tied into comic books, specifically Marvel comics. Right. What happened is the head of Hasbro or whoever it was at Hasbro Toys, and then the editor in chief at the time of Marvel Comics, like basically just said, "Hey, let's do some shit together." Uh, Hasbro wanted to do this new three and three quarters inch uh, line of GI Joe toys because the old ones were like a foot tall. Like, we're gonna, yeah, yeah, they're I'll like life sized. Yeah, and then these new <laughs> ones were going to be smaller because they uh, Star Wars had had this three and three quarters. Uh, not a few other toy lines had, and they were really popular. So Hasbro said, "Let's do that with our GI Joe stuff," and they teamed with Marvel and basically started releasing this comic book that ran for a long time. It ran until 94. It was released concurrently with the toy line. And a man named Larry Hama, who was known for, amongst other things, Larry Hamana, he worked on Wolverine for a long time as well. Uh, but he's an ex-soldier and he's an artist and a writer. And he wrote like 115 episodes. <laughs> excuse me, issues of the comic book. Right. And, but he like, he had almost free reign. He created these characters. He created a shit ton of stuff and they would just turn them into toys and then cartoons ultimately. Cause what happened is they asked Marvel productions who were one of the people that were like one of the companies that were involved with this. Hey, we're doing cartoon commercials. Can you do some animation for them? Like 30 second commercials. Well, they did it and the commercials were popular enough that they got turned into an animated series. Right. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I man. didn't know that. I didn't know that. That seems like an interesting, uh, kind of the right way to do it, I would think. It's yeah. like you give them a little taste and then they say, yeah, we want more of that. Okay, here you go. Here's a nice big helping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're passed out uh, in, a, in a sewer somewhere from having too much. Too much G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe poisoning. 
So they got this guy named Ron Friedman to develop the show for TV specifically, like to adapt it to the cartoon. And he has a really extensive background. Like this is, they got like a major badass writer to do this. He's written over 700 hours of television and he started off writing on shows like Andy Griffith, Bewitched, Gilligan's Island and Happy Days. Like wow. that's his pedigree. This guy went on to work on Transformers as well. And he created the Marvel Action Hour with Stan Lee in the 1990s, which was like uh, Fantastic Four and Iron Man cartoons and everything. But this guy really is a boss hoss. Yeah, totally, man. And Wowzers. so, yeah, like they got a real deal. And he wrote the script. Uh, he wrote the whole script for this miniseries and everything. So like it seems very together, I would say, yeah, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get into this plot. Hey, man. Hey, dude. Hey. Huh. I'm ready, bro. You ready? Yeah. All right. Are you ready for jet planes? I'm ready for it. Are you ready for experimental jet planes? I am, man. I'm, Are I'm, you? I'm ready for Pearl Harbor recreation. Basically, yeah. yes. So the G.I. Joes, the name of the team is G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're they call each other Joes, <clears throat> which you know, like in common, like slang in the 1920s. You know, it's like, how you doing, Joe? Like you just call a normal person a Joe. <laughs> so it seems kind of insulting to them. They're hanging out. I didn't even catch that. I, I, I mean, I just thought of it actually. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's, like, it's just kind of. It's very, very, very casual. Yeah. You know, like they don't. You don't call each other soldier or private or anything like that. Everybody's name is just Joe. Uh, the GI Joes, the Joes are at some, I assume it's their base. They don't, I don't think they actually say exactly what it is, but they're on an airstrip and somebody is flying a plane like a drunk person. We don't know who it is, but Duke, the head of the gang is not having it. One of the first things that happens is that three Joes dodge an incoming jet that's flying too low. Yeah. The, the, the masked one. D uh, ducks down snake first, eyes. though. Yeah, yeah. Snake well, eyes ducks down first because I guess he's the ninja, so he he's he's well above. He has special senses. Yeah, to, yeah. He know he can. You know what? You don't need fucking ninja senses <laughs> to know that a jet is approaching. Jets don't sneak up on people. Yeah, yeah they they make sure to show him dodging it yeah, like, like, faster than them. Everybody should have been way out of the way. So jets don't. If a jet flew that close, like seriously, it's like over their head. Like they barely inches away from their head. It seems like these three soldiers just duck out of the way. They should be blown away by the air. It seems like the air gust that would happen, but they duck out of the way and Duke says, I'm going to play it. I have like a, a clips to play in a bit. <laughs> Dude, I already got what he said tattooed on my chest right here, bro. It's ridiculous. I'm going to start using it a bunch. I'm yeah. going to start using it a lot. I'm going to play a little clip here in a minute that just gives you an idea of the level of uh, repartee amongst all of these soldiers. And these one-liners for days. Dude, they are... This show is full of them, and I I love it. This is like a mm -hmm. dream for me, this it show. Is. There are so many fucking characters. Uh, at the beginning, when at the end of the theme, they do this pan out, like where you're going to see all the characters on the show standing on top of the logo that says G.I. Joe. And it's like panning out, and you see, okay, there's three characters, there's four characters. Okay, there's five, there's six characters, seven characters. I I kept thinking it was going to stop, and it <laughs> stops at 12 characters. So many characters, you cannot even see the details on them. Like, it's just 12 little stick men, essentially, just like, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> but that's great, because it's just full, like, everybody's you, a toy. You pause it, you're on it, you're like, shit, is that me? So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Joe? <laughs> like, everybody. You're wearing your shorts and your <laughs> <Yes>. v-neck. <laughs> everybody's on the fucking team, man. It's crazy. The Joes have a very special, they, they seem very lax, I'll say, for, like, soldiers. Like, they kind of seem like off-duty soldiers to me, the way they interact with each other. Except for Stalker. 
Stalker. Super Stalker. I, I don't get Stalker. I he out of the four main Joes that we deal with, we've got Duke. He's easy to peg. Like yeah. he's he's a bit here's the thing. You'd think he'd be kind of gruff, but he's a bit of a ladies' man and he's got a mouth on him. He he is the character in which Team America was based. Is he? After it feels like it. Uh, maybe so. Maybe <laughs> so. I can see it. <laughs> feels like it. So you've got the all-American Duke, who's like his hair is almost the same color as his skin. Yeah. He is definitely a white man. Uh, you've got Snake Eyes, who is a masked, like full mask, silent <laughs> ninja man. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to work with a silent person whose face you never see. But Travis, imagine if you and I work together <laughs> outside of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Like we're working at a restaurant and I work in the kitchen and I'm wearing a full face mask and I don't talk. How do you work with that? How do you do? How do you? How do you pull like an operation, a secret operation, out of something like that? I mean, You're the guy right. just is a lone wolf essentially, and I'm sure we'll get to see. How, but he just kind of does his own thing, and they just let him do it. I guess. Yeah. Well, how you do it is you have a you have a watch that you sync with your other guys, and y'all press it, and that's how y'all. And that makes everything okay. Mm-hmm. Synchronized watches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, finally, you have the. Pilot in question, it turns out, is the lovely Scarlet. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes. The red-haired lady, uh, the le- the red-haired vixen, I'll say. Uh, there was, like, G.I. Joe was a source of many early crushes for every guy that I knew that was into G.I. <laughs> Joe. Like, every lady on there is just automatically, like, in the Hall of Fame, it right. seems like, for G.I. Joe's. She's flying the plane, she lands, and she's like, oh, come on, y'all, I'm just doing my thing. And... Immediately, Duke's like, "Yeah, what? Yeah, he's okay with it because he clearly there's a lot of chemistry here between these two. He's like, "I'll be tagging it later. I'm good with it. I mean, it seems like they already have something Mm -hmm. going on, right? For sure, or they have at some point. He's Uh, he's already duked her. (laughs) Sorry, it's gross. You're disgusting. Get out. Get out. Come back in. (laughs) Get your head. Get your shit together. Yeah. Come back in. Let's finish this. Let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. Let's talk like men." About how hot these cartoons are. Okay. Right, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Joe. Okay, so these four are our core group of G.I. Joes. Everybody on the show that isn't Cobra is a G.I. Joe, though, apparently. Because, like, everybody's a toy. Seriously. Like, and they're not even naming a lot of the characters that have names on right. this show yet. Which is kind of cool, because it may- gives the idea, like, the feeling that there's more of a big universe there. Like, a whole world of G.I. Joes and everything. But on the other hand, it just confuses me. Because I'm like, well, should I know who that guy is? Or not? Because the guy who does computers? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, people who have important roles who don't get names, <clears throat> but like, only talk once. Yeah. You're like, sir, can you shoot your laser real fast so I know if you're a good or bad yeah, guy? Yeah, I need to see which color yeah, it I is. Need to know. Can I see your badge? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like, I just, I wish they would just put like a name on the screen. It's yeah. like if you're watching, watching a documentary. And it's just oh, like, it should just say like Duke, all American hero or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and or, yeah, like, yeah, Duke slash Joe. Yeah. Or, or what, just you know, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Duke, Joe. <laughs> they have a lot of chemistry, these folks. And uh, there's a lot of insults in this cartoon. I will say a lot of uh, harsh talk. And I'd like to play just to get an idea of what their voices are like and how they talk to each other. 
I'm going to play a clip that's kind of me mashing up these four guys talking to each other. Yeah. Right. Oh, and also there's another guy in there who does computers whose voice you get to hear. He has a drawl. He's the one who has a drawl. I'm going to kick the mustard out of that crazy hot dog. Oh, come on, Duke. Where's your spirit of adventure? Give a teammate a hand. I've agreed to nothing, reptile breath. Monumental microchips. Once it's in orbit, there'll be no safe hiding place. Hey, bacteria brain, come down and let's discuss your future as a mental patient. (laughs) (laughs) That last thing is Duke talking to, he doesn't know who's piloting the jet. Well, it's Scarlet. And then Scarlet says her bit. He's just so fast with the insults and like really seems to have them like written down on his hand, probably. Scrap your future as a mental patient. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) Let's, Let's chat about it. Let's have a chat about what an asshole you are is what he's saying. (laughs) <laughs> and by the way, when Scarlet gets out, like, you know, it's kind of like a Top Gun moment or something like that. Like she put like the top of the jet opens up and it's like, oh, it's a beautiful lady. What a big surprise. She what she's wearing. Number one is not government issue. OK, I promise you it's not it's not going to keep you from any from your no, G's. No, 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 Your G's getting too crazy. Good Lord, no. And it's also clearly designed by a man because it's basically like a one piece bathing suit <laughs> over blue, like a man designed a one piece, ba- one piece bathing suit for her to wear. And then a woman said, you cannot have that put just like long johns that are blue underneath. That's going to be her costume. And then gloves and boots. That's her deal. Nobody is dressed for success on this show, in my opinion. <laughs> right, no one. No one's dressed to go into action to do what they need to do. I think Stalker's kind of in fatigues, I guess, a yeah. little bit. He's the closest one to being a real soldier, it seems like. And also the one that seems to have the least lines out of any of the main Joes and the least discernible, like, I had to find a personality. I had to find a line for him on there. And it's just like, well, now that this happened, this is going to happen. He barely says anything. <laughs> okay, at this point... We've had our fun. It's time for the threat. It's time for some conflict because this is a realistic simulation of what it's like to be in the military. So what happens is just, you know, we talked earlier about how jets can't sneak up on people. Well, apparently they can because the GI Joes, I guess, don't have anything approximating a radar or any, any lookouts even. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No no sonar going on. All of a sudden out of nowhere. There's like a bunch, yeah, there's a bunch of jets and there's a man named Major Blood on the show and he is leading. He has an eye patch and he's leading all these people and he's just yelling. No, here's the thing that I just realized. He's yelling Cobra, right? Yeah, right. Nobody on the ground can hear him. <laughs> He's not, I mean, he must be doing it to pump himself up. Like, I think he took a bunch of amphetamines, like an old kamikaze right, pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you guys are going to love this. Cause he has the weirdest <laughs> voice. I can't even approximate it. It's a very strange, nasally, like no grit to it. I like I, it. I, I did a mashup for him that oh, we good, can get to in good, a bit. Good. Cause he's such a weird, but the name dude, major blood and it's spelled <laughs> B L U D D. Like he's German or something, I guess. No accent. Now, at least not a German accent. No discernible German accent that I can tell. <laughs> but everything he says pretty much is yelled. And he signs off with Cobra. He comes in with Cobra and he signs off with Cobra. Cobra! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, no one no one hears him saying anything. No. He, like his own cockpit just must, must be mic'd by itself. And he's it, just going crazy with the it. The only people that could be hearing him are the other Cobra like right. people who in this. So what happens? They just start bombing the fucking airstrip and they're destroying all of these experimental jets that the that the Joes yeah. have. Excuse Squid. me. Yeah, I got to get on a first name basis with these Joes. 
the, the, the Joe's heavily sinks. And so they, their solution is just, well, they don't have any, I don't know, like uh, ground to air, like anti-aircraft shit. So they just run to like Scarlet and Duke have a little moment. Duke says the fucking smoothest thing. He tackles her. By the way, they dodge gunfire. Like they, it's going out of style. They're just like doing tumbling to, to dodge gunfire from jets. Jet, yeah, jet laser gunfire. <laughs> just, that's crazy. It, it only gets it only gets crazier as the show progresses. Every, they're settling you into the craziness. Yeah, like it starts off semi realistic for a split second that there are jets. That's it. That's the only experiment. That's the only real thing about it is that yeah. there are jets, and then all of a sudden people are just flying through the air. He tackles Scarlet, and they roll around on the floor like to dodge the shit. And she says something, you know, catty and uh, kind of flirty and everything. And he says, "Didn't you see my sheet? I'm a man of action." Yeah, that's fucking awesome. He knows he's a toy. He's a toy for Scarlet. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Been one. So they get in the jet and they almost single handedly take out. Well, they don't even take him out. They just scare him off. That happens a few times in this episode. They don't like actually defeat Cobra. They just spook him away like right. a few raccoons outside of your house that you just kind of shake the broom at them. It's like, get out of here, you Cobras. <laughs> at this point, I will introduce you get out Arlie. Yeah, get out. You better get Cobra. Get that Cobra out here. You see a bunch of like guys in Cobra costumes like going through your trash, rummaging through your garbage outside of your house. <laughs> Shake your fist at them a little bit. All right. Please open your ear holes. Prepare to be entered mm, shit. by Major Blood. Blood. To your fight. <laughs> <laughs> that last one comes into play later in the episode, and we'll get to that. He sounds a little German. He sounds something. I'm I'm I can't place the accent. Um, I just realized the only thing I, I can think of, but this guy really just exists. To, I think he just lives in his own world, and they just let him do his own thing. Right. Like he's basically. I don't know what his skill set is. He can fly a jet. I know that. So everybody can, by the way. I think everybody on this cartoon, like to be in the cartoon at the casting, they're like, hey, can you fly a jet? Can you fly a helicopter? <laughs> and if you can, it's like, good, you're in yeah, automatically. Right. Just expected of you. He's just a man with a, a mustache and a, <laughs> an eye patch. I must ask you a question. He is a weird looking dude, and I'm very grateful for his inclusion on this cartoon. <laughs> Hey, um, Duke's facial expressions are great. Oh yeah, man. they are, dude. Yeah. Every time, every time someone says something, man, he he's always hitting him with a with this this weird this weird facial expression. Facial he's, expression. I mean, he's he's a very. I like that he's not so stoic. Like they could have really made him like the. <laughs> we're trying to be serious here because he's the leader. Yeah. So he could have been a Leonardo or whoever. That somebody who's just kind of like, hey guys, let's not have fun. Right. I like that he's he's actually pretty fun and he's really fucking fierce. Yeah. We'll find out later. Like if. If you put him in a situation, he's like a caged animal. He just right. comes at you right away. A lot of eye rolls. I just, I love it. Yeah. He's pretty great. He's got a lot of attitude, a lot of tude on this dude. All right. Cobra scared off. Flaming airfield. Uh -huh. PTSD all over the place. By the way, people shot out of the sky, shot on the ground. No one escapes. They do not adhere to the rules on this one. People clearly died. Yeah. Very much so. We're maimed. People are scarred for life from this. Smash cut to what looks like like a Hanna-Barbera horror 
themed castle uh-huh. in the mountains, like a mountain pass leading to a snake fortress. <laughs> I really thought it was another cartoon. Like it, it doesn't seem to be in line with the design for yeah, this right. show, but that seems that's actually a story point. It's I realized afterwards. Yeah. So we see that of all people, the metal faced Destro is approaching Cobra Citadel. He shows up and I guess he was led there by like a, a native or something like that. Yeah, I think so. And that's what it seems like. And then these, <laughs> these animatronic cobras come up out of the ground and they're just dancing. Straight in Malibu light uh, formation. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> just <lead> undulating. <laughs> it's very weird to look at. And the guy who led him there, the native just like runs off. And Destro is like, okay, yeah, you, you don't have the stomach for this kind of thing. And then one of the snakes opens up its mouth and it's got a speaker inside of it. And it's like, come on inside. <laughs> yeah. I want these. It, it, it says a, uh, you know, put your hand inside for the pass. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. he goes inside and touches it. It's so weird. And Destro is just the fact that we see this character and you're just expected to accept him as is. He has every accessory on the planet. Like he needs to go on a fashion show and be talked to about taste because not only do you have like a full metal mask that goes down the neck for some reason, usually you want it to go to the neck so that you don't see that the rest of you isn't metal. Right. But no, he has no shirt on underneath the deepest V on his fucking, like, he is showing off abs day every day. You can see so much of his chest. Giant 70s collar. Happy abs day. Yes. Oh, yo, man, he's ripped, man. He's really showing it off. I feel like he's like a smart guy who also works out and he doesn't want people to forget, like, I am a muscle bound monster. Don't think that just because I'm super smart, I can't beat somebody up. I don't work out. You know, I don't work this meat out. <laughs> I don't need this I just don't meat. Need, I don't look. I use the meat when I got to use the meat, but I use the brain when I got to bring the pain. That's right. That's on he, there, isn't it? That's probably so. Okay. No, I don't think that's something oh, he'd sorry. say. Sorry. I think that's something. <laughs> but he has gauntlets. He has a belt. He just says all over the place. I mean, he looks like a supervillain, big time. More so than Cobra Commander, in my opinion. <laughs> got more jewelry than Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. He has a big necklace and shit. It's crazy. <laughs> but Destro gets let into Cobra Citadel, where we finally meet. Cobra Commander. And apparently this is, it seems like their first face-to-face meeting, like they met on OkCupid. Right. And then it's like, so <laughs> you're Cobra Commander. You don't sound anything like I thought you would. You know, they already are at the odds pic- with each other. The picture looks different. Yeah, picture looks, you had a face in the picture, not a fucking mask. <laughs> they, at this point, they almost seem like equals. Now, I, I kind of remember that on the show, they don't get along great. But as I understand it, Destro should be like subordinate to Cobra Commander, but really he's just trading barbs with them the whole time. And I have <laughs> I have a clip set for that. They really just don't like each other. And Cobra Commander insults him at every turn. Uh, Destro is there. Cobra Commander is basically like, it took you long enough to find the fucking place. And Destro's like, well, you have it hidden up here. In, in this in this melodramatic location. Yeah, that's right. And that's <laughs> when I realized like, oh, well, like that's why he has it. Like it makes it look like it's a Cobra cult, but that's to scare people away. But why don't you just make it to where people can't find it? That's better. We don't have like army bases that look like, like Dracula's castle here in America. It's to scare away area 51. Doesn't look like Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory (laughs) (laughs) scaring folks away. Like, Oh, I think that's haunted. Let's not go in. But they start talking about did Destro bring the goods and it's not that sweet cocaine. It's not that sweet H it is. What's the, what's the, what's that sweet honey? Heron. Black black tar honey? Heron. Okay, so Yeah. 
Hey, I like whenever uh, whenever Destro rows up and then Cobra uh, turns around in his chair in that big Cobra chair. That's such chair. a power move, man. <laughs> Super power move. Yeah. I mean, he's Cobra. He just, you know, he just pops. He's like in a snake's head. Yeah. Like in, <laughs> a, a, in like a 70s chair, a 70s pod chair. Yeah. Like, what's up? Yeah. It's like, took you long enough. <laughs> he's okay. Cobra Commander looks like he uh, he just looks crazy. He just looks like a guy in a blue military uniform with a metal plate, faceless plate over his face. Like it's a mask that you can't see anything. Looks looks like he like uh, the Daft Daft Punk guys yeah, could, kinda, could have something like that. Yeah, in their repertoire. absolutely. Yeah, kind of like that. And I, I you know I think that we find out kind of later on why that is. I mean, it, it lends him an air of mystery for sure. It's yeah. cool. Uh, it's just a, he's a weird look, but it's very catchy. So good good job everybody designing the guy. He he has a very high pitched raspy voice. I don't know if it's possible for him to speak uh, below a, a scream. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like everything is loud and proud on this guy. <laughs> but Destro shows up and Cobra basically says, where's my goods? Destro produces the goods. The goods are three elements of some kind, like three different colors. One looks like sand. One looks like water. One looks like something else. And for you and I's benefit as viewers, these precious, precious elements that are, are so presented in, in these glass. three <laughs> glass cylinders just chained up, man, <laughs> as, as they pull them across. They're like, oh, no, what is this? They're so presented. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's for my benefit as a viewer only. Like if I'm bringing you something that is so important, I probably killed a billion people to get it. I'm not going to carry it around even unbreakable glass. I'm going to put it in like five different case, like a like Russian nesting dolls worth of <laughs> shit to block it off from the world. Yeah. But it's just so we can see red, blue and yellow. Like that's what these that's essentially what these are. And, you know, right away, like for there to be three of something, but they don't name these elements. That's a plot point that's right. going to come back for sure. Destro it has better. It, oh, it will. Believe okay, me. Good, I, good. I'm sure it's going to come back next episode. In fact, even mm-hmm. so he has these three elements for this product, this device that is called the mass device. Cobra commander is all about this device and he's all about the shit that Destro has brought him. Right. <laughs> Finally, we also find out a little bit about the plan that there's this mass device is going to, it's a teleportation device basically. And it hones homes in on, a homing device that can be put on something else. And it's, as I understand it, it's supposed to just like, I think originally it's just supposed to teleport that thing to you. Right. But something goes wrong in the plan later and they change it. But that's the idea is that uh, basically Destro saying we put this microchip on something, this homing device on Which something. Which is the dopest looking microchip ever. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's for starters, it's no, it's not micro at all. It's like the size of a silver dollar. And there's a bunch of circuitry on it. And there's a Cobra symbol on it. And that is unnecessary. I mean, it's great. It looks awesome. People aren't supposed to see these, though. You're the only one that's going to see it. Like, if you do your job right, nobody sees the (laughs) tiny fucking Cobra thing that you put on it. That's a secret deal that you're... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's espionage. And I, I just thought of, like... Going to Kinko's, like if I need to print off something at King, well, it's not Kinko's anymore. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you want to call it you now. Bastard. Everybody knows it's Kinko's. You go to Kinko's okay. and you, you're like, Hey, I want to print off uh, my logo design. And they're like, okay, well send me the file on your, on your email. Okay, here you go. So I just imagine Destro like going to a circuit provider and he's like, yeah, I, I emailed you the Cobra logo that I want printed on this circuit thing. And then him seeing like a print, a test print of it me like, mm. 
I guess this will have to do. It's not quite what I asked for, but yeah, this will be good enough. I guess it's good enough. Like what level of detail? It's very James Bondish, you know, like Bond villain. Like, you know, just like a little bit of style. But Destro doesn't seem like he would have that style. I mean, is there a chance that that circuitry just happened to look like that? I think there's a a very low chance. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, a very low chance. (laughs) I think, you know what? Actually, you know what I can see here? What what can you see here? He, okay, just set totally bullshit in here. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's it's in its context clues. So Destro and Cobra Commander, let's just say they're meeting in person for the first time. Okay. And then Destro... He's trying to make a good impression on the boss, even though he's also nagging him like massively acting like, look, I'm in charge of my shit because he wants him to know, like, I'm not going to back down. But he shows up with his commander, his Cobra commander's Cobra symbol on the thing. It's like, look, I'm branding us. I'm a part of your group and I'm, I'm a, trying to impress you. Yeah, I'm like, a big deal too here. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a part, like, I'm a part of the team, but he's not going to say it. He's going to let his actions Found show it. it. Yeah. Give, give me that. And then Cobra's <laughs> like, nah, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> Took you long enough. I, can you see him doing... Anything street level whatsoever, Cobra Commander just trying. He's like, what? How do you shake hands with a black man? I don't understand. What, what's the deal? <laughs> oh, so he's doing stand up in front of a brick yeah. wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> White guys drive like this. Black guys drive like this. <laughs> so we've done enough impressions. It's time to hear my little supercut of uh, Destro and mostly Cobra Commander talking, and you're going to hear a lot of great insults. Get ready. (laughs) We are disappointed. You were expected days ago, Destro. The shipment was difficult to assemble, and I lost more time climbing to this ridiculously melodramatic location. The superstitious fools. Fools, you fool! You titanium-faced turkey! You incompetent steelhead! Your bungling has cost me dearly! Premature panic is the sign of an immature mind. Cobra Commander... Just immediately, <laughs> he's also trying to put Destro in his place. Like, I guess one of those managers that like is going to dress down the new guy immediately, just so he knows I'm in charge. I like it. There's two. Basically, you have two alpha males in the room, yeah. with each other. But yeah, the melodramatic thing, I, the way that Destro speaks, he's got a great voice. He does. He almost sounds he does he, like he that. almost sounds a tiny bit Sean Connery ish. A little bit, just yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, very much like enunciates letters that aren't even in the words probably <laughs> it, it, it's it's a little um little little sean connery little um james earl jones yes and it's funny because it's another situation like panthro where as a kid like destro doesn't seem to be any particular ethnicity <laughs> like he's kind of drawn tan i guess yeah but i just assumed he was black partly based on his voice i always imagined Lawrence fishburne would play him like in a in a movie you know and turns out that he's played by the same guy who played stalker a african-american actor so oh, it's that okay. ear my ears are not colorblind they're not, man. No, they recognize race every time. <laughs> At this point, the plot is in place. We know that Destro and Cover Commander are looking to teleport this satellite that the Americans are in control of. That's going, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> that they're going, they want to bring that satellite to them and they're going to use it to uh, basically be able to teleport anything anywhere in the world. Right. That's the deal with the mass device. And then we get a commercial break. 
And the way they go to commercial break is with these awesome, like the G.I. Joe logo. And then it's like, G.I. Joe will be right back after these commercial breaks. That's included in the thing. And then right after that, you know, when the commercials are done, it's and now back to G.I. Joe. And I I, I like that a lot because you get to hear the narrator again. But I realized we don't need that. Kids know what commercials are. They don't need to be introed to the commercial. Like, by the way, don't worry. The show's coming back. It's not a 10-minute show. We are going to come back, kids. Right. Like, it feels like it's just a way to waste five or 10 seconds. Like, they're trying to, Probably. like, fill the space. Although there's so much that happens in this cartoon, that can't be it. Yeah. Because they Maybe really... it's just a way to um, flash the name out one more time. I guess so. It's I a good mean, logo. Yes, yeah. It's a pretty it cool is. logo. I like that logo a Red, lot. Red, white, and blue, G.I. Joe in it. All That's day, every right. day. That's right. <laughs> Doesn't get a real American hero. Right. All right. So we're back from the commercial break and we are at a military base and the general flag is leading Duke around this base saying, hey, this is my digs, man. And there is Major Juanita Hooper with them. Yeah, I know. What a name. No, I was glad that they included a Latina like in a higher level position. You know, that she's from the Pentagon. And this is like interagency politics that right. are going on here because the flag is talking to Duke, basically saying, like, I want you to test the security at this military base, which is, guess what, where the satellite that we heard about before is being housed. And Juanita is like, you know, basically talking about like budgeting and safety. And so it's this whole like, you know, in like a post 9-11 world where we're like, yeah, FBI doesn't get along with CIA, that kind of shit. That's actually feels kind of realistic. It does. Like something that a kid maybe wouldn't pick up on. Like Hells why, no. why is the good guy lady uh, not being nice to the good guy, man? I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving kids enough credit. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're on, I think you're on point. Yeah. But it feels, that feels military and comic booky to me. I like that a lot <laughs> with Juanita Hooper, man. I knew it right away. Like, how do they not see this coming? Juanita Hooper is a woman who keeps like, messing with her earring yeah. over and over and over again. And even if you don't have a camera zooming in on it, I know Duke isn't a detective. I guess that's the thing. He's not a detective. He's not a spy. I don't even know if he's a real soldier. He's just somebody who's in the GI Joes. But right. how does he not notice this woman keeps messing with her earring? It's a very noticeable yeah, tick. I, I was like, man, yeah. I was like, is that just a tick that they're adding to this or what? Maybe to throw I us. Yeah. I don't think they, they, I think that's giving us too much credit. Now, <laughs> like th she's not who she is. Let's just say that yeah. until the reveal. But what I love is that flag says the fastest voice change ever. Oh yeah. Big, big, big. I wonder if it's the same. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's the same voice actress that did both. Yeah. Uh, Juanita turns out to be someone else, but I won't say who yet. General Flag says to to Duke, he says, basically, I want you to try and break into the base to test the security, which is like, I don't know any, I don't know a lot about the military. I don't know how often that really happens. Like, hey, I want the army to break into here so we can see how good we do. Like, that's something you do on a TV show or a comic book so that you can have a good reason to have people do something action-y. Yeah. You know, like, that's not really a true test of something, but that's what they do. It's so funny because Duke just says, like, we're already doing it. <laughs> like, you to, I don't care if you want me to do this. We're already breaking into your base. Right, yeah. The way they break in, it's just like a chain link fence. It seems like like a barbed wire fence. But Snake Eyes, they show us how cool Snake Eyes is because he sneaks in unseen. He just breaks into the place. You know, it, it's like Metal Gear Solid. Like nobody knows he's in there. He's sneaking past guards and everything. And he makes his way to the roof. Then what does Scarlet do? Scarlet comes in from a plane on a fucking jetpack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which I have to assume would make a decent amount of noise. 
yeah. jetpack. Like right. that's a localized jet fueled source. <laughs> it's like that's going to be loud. So why did he sneak in? Why didn't he take a jetpack? Yeah. I mean, I can assume that maybe Snake Eyes, like they held one up for him and he just shook his head. Like, no, not for me. And they said, okay, sorry, man. But like, talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, please. But it just seems like that was just a, I mean, obviously I know why, because they want us to see their individual ways of doing things. But from a plot perspective, like in a real world way, it's like, if you have jetpacks and it's okay to use them, that's all jetpack. Everybody use a jetpack because we're all jetpacking. Totally. We're taking jetpacks. We have jetpacks. We take them everywhere. Out of all of them, like she was the fastest. She, she got there. She got drama free. She no, no issue whatsoever to get it. It's just, a, and again, where, why are there no eyes on the sky? Like she had to come from somewhere. There's no radar. There's no whatever. Like these bases are not guarded. They should be testing this shit. And then especially because all stalker needs to get in is to do a wheelie on his motorcycle and be propelled in over the barbed wire fence without anybody noticing him again. Like these other two people besides snake eyes took like the loudest ways to get in. Everybody got there around the same time. Not noticed why does anybody not take the fucking jetpacks? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe they can only afford one. That is a good point. Maybe, maybe the maybe Joes. There is only one, um, one jetpack, and maybe it doesn't hold their weight. It can only hold her weight. I think that's a really good point because I can almost see the Joes being like a newer agency, like a, a new like strike team, and so they don't have all the funding. Right. Especially after they let all of those jets get destroyed at the first scene. That was like their entire budget. <laughs> and the thing, again, with Stalker, I'm just really bugged. Like, I like, for, uh, as I've said before, like, I like for there to be clearly delineated, like, roles to be in these right. cartoons. Yeah, 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 and Stalker, yeah. aside from being African-American and more soldiery than anybody else, he doesn't have a consistent, like, a main, like, a major personality thing going yeah, on yeah, he, he just kind of says stuff and then rides a motorcycle is he a wild card is he more soldiery than anybody else is he what i don't know he doesn't talk enough for us to find out he likes motorcycles yeah and so out of the four main joes one doesn't talk one barely talks and the other two are joe or, or duke and scarlet i'm just gonna call duke <laughs> joe like he just is joe to me from yeah, now on. yeah, yeah that, that sounds good yeah he's gonna be joe but so they managed to break into the base and so they get like uh general flag is saying to duke like i don't know if your guys are gonna make it in and then they fall in through this air duct and like yeah we made it they say something i'm, up, I'm doing it right now that's <laughs> so badass <laughs> they fall into the place the right. base and flag's just like flag and Juanita don't seem very impressed yeah. like they take like their whole point is like yeah you few could make it in but not all of your guys well what other guys came with them I guess they're saying like a, an enemy force would have more of an army yeah with I, them. I, I was waiting for him to say all right awesome you made it in now everything you destroyed you owe me about three million dollars yeah 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 I think, yeah you fucked up a lot of shit I that's think you I think you killed he zooms in on his computer you killed two of my men just yeah, now I think it was well, snake eyes was that you <laughs> He's just like kind of like you know like kicking the dirt in the corner, like I guess so. <laughs> I guess well, you got me kicking the dirt in that in that in that, uh, in that computer room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a little dirt patch in the corner. Okay, so as a as a reward for them getting into there, I guess now they get to go see the satellite, which they're breaking into, you know, pretend to steal or whatever. Juanita Hooper again with the fucking earring. Like she says, this is so funny. She says, let's go check out the satellite, but there's not going to be any enemies. So you guys can need to leave your weapons here immediately. That that's like suspicious to me. Red flagging. They're the Joes. They don't answer to you. They don't answer the Pentagon. 
But also, they just leave their weapons in a pile on the floor. <laughs> they d- nobody, ex- like, no, they don't put them even on a table. Walking Dead style. Yeah, just, just, they just uh, dump g- it. Give me all your weapons. Yeah, I'm sure there. some of them are experimental. They just dump it on the floor. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? It's just a, it's just an automatic rifle. Put your right. toys down. It's time to go look at the satellite. Did the jetpack, did the jetpack make it? Down there with them? I don't think so. She dumped it off on the rooftop. She probably somewhere. just left it. So there's just a jet, a loose jetpack out there in the world. They don't. This put is a, why they APB put APB on it. This is why they're over budget. They don't have any respect for their for their well, toys. She's lost four jetpacks this week. She thinks they're disposable. Yeah, Scarlet. That's where I'll they probably, all go. I think it's cool that Scarlet has a crossbow. But nobody, the only way that crossbow is like that little crossbow gun is going to get used is to either like peg somebody's shirt against something or to peg like (laughs) to hit a button or to peg a note because nobody's getting shot with a crossbow on this show. That's too brutal. Sorry, kids. That's just not going to happen. But cool design. Cool. Cool idea. (laughs) It might puncture a tire. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. This is the big reveal. This is when Juanita Hooper shows her true colors. Mm-hmm. She, she's she been messing with her earring the whole time. Guess what? This little silver earring is the homing device that we saw in the previous scene at the Cobra Citadel. She places it on the satellite. And at this point, I'm confused on what happens uh, because it seems like there's um something goes wrong. I know that on like Cobra's side of things. Right. Destro's just saying there's some technical issue. Well, I don't know what the technical issue is, but they have to change the plan in the middle of it. Like I thought it was they were going to transport uh, to teleport the satellite to them and just like with the homing device. But what they end up having to do is sending an army of Cobra guys to the satellite. But then they just call it back anyway. Right? Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel so. like I, I missed something, but it's just an excuse to have a fight is what it is. Right. Like plot wise, that's all that is. They teleport in these guys, bunch of like an army of Cobra like men. 27 men. Yeah. And <laughs> at least one tank. Yeah. Just a whole tank. Duke should be losing. Everybody in there should be losing their fucking minds unless they deal with teleportation devices on a regular basis. They should be like vomiting with uh, disbelief. They should just be like on the floor, lose, like just gone insane <laughs> at what they're seeing. What just that reality just unfolded in front of me? Right. But all they do is like, well, what the? Okay, we're well, time to fight, but we don't have our weapons. Time to get it. And this is when Juanita Hooper shows us her true colors finally. She throws off a mask that has to have come from like Mission Impossible, you know, because like I swear she also looked heavier when she was Juanita Hooper. Yeah, yeah. She's not Juanita she, Hooper. She throws the fat suit off, and I, but you don't even see that. <laughs> you just see the mask come off. Yeah. So here's here's the here's the procession. She takes off the glasses. She takes off the mask and the hair. She puts on glasses, other glasses, because it's the Baroness. And all of, all of a sudden, she's sixty five pounds lighter. Yes, and I will say. The end all when it comes to evil, like femme fatales and cartoons, she's kind of like the, the one. Yeah. She's got long, dark hair. She's got an accent, which you'll hear. She's got glasses for some reason. Green glasses. They're kind of like, they're not aviators though. Yeah. Like I don't get it, but I get it. Yeah, <laughs> they they hit on something. Usually, she wears like a cat suit, like a leather, like spy suit, like Black Widow or something like that. That's typically what she's rocking oh, okay. in these. 
But man, like it's it's pretty cool. Not that it's unexpected, but like all of a sudden there's this lady with a very thick European accent. <laughs> so so thick. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Let's let's hear what that sounds like real quick. <laughs> I'm afraid our surrender has been canceled. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I made a note here that they're they're just smooth jazz knit. All over the place Dude, here. I I put together music a bunch of the music. Just doesn't match up with the no. with the scenery, and it's just it's getting it. It all is all through the episode. I love it. Horn heavy, <laughs> very horn heavy, very not fast paced. Like yeah. there's like some funky get like James Brown guitar <laughs> in there. Yeah, I I'm, I put together like a, a clip of the music. I'll play it at the end just so you can like everyone can get an idea because there are long. This is one of the first times like there's a fa- you know we got a fight on our hands because all of a sudden it's a they've been bushwhacked you know there's right. an ambush yeah, yeah, yeah. and so there's gonna be some kind of fight. The Joes don't have their weapons. There's a fight. This is like the first of maybe four times in the episode where there's just like two minutes of fighting with very little dialogue. And music and sound effects rule the day. And it's really kind of boring because it's not like super fast paced animation or anything. Yeah. So it's just like funny, uh, like funk jazz playing and people blowing up tanks in the middle of a, a science lab. Yeah. Very weird. Like as a kid, I'm sure it was great, but like to watch it now, it's like, can we get back to the talking? Cause I don't really care about like men in blue suits just getting knocked over by lasers or whatever it is. Right. Tons of lasers, by the way, in this room. Like somebody's gonna get hit. You know somebody has to get hit. Hey, I love I love um, that w- whenever they open the door to retreat for a second and the door closes behind them, that one entryway, you know, the metal the metal uh-huh. um, little alleyway that, yeah, yeah. that everyone has. It's, it almost seems like every like um, superhero show kind of has one of those. Like there's one in X Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like when he rolls out, when Xavier rolls out on that long totally. like, long metal thing. I think yeah. Batman has one. It's just funny. It's, it's just, just it's just a funny addition to these cartoons. You know, it's just something that we assume having grown up on them, like they must exist somewhere. Yeah. Like there's some bunker underneath yeah. the ground that has metal hallways. Yeah, I think when's I think Shredder, time? I think Shredder has one. Oh, on yeah, his. So Maybe everyone's got one of those. When's it's the last so time you were in an all metal room? <laughs> like we're not in one right now. We're in a room made out of wood and, and drywall. That's yeah. it. Right last now. week. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in jail. You you yeah. got me from jail. The Joe's so got great. you. Yeah. yeah. The Joe's got to you that time. I'm confused by also I'm confused a lot today, aren't I? I'm I don't <laughs> I'm confused by this whole elevator situation. Like they use the elevator grid to, cause they don't have their weapons and they get locked out and then they use the elevator grid to like peel back the walls or something to yeah. get into the I, place. I didn't understand what they were it talking about. It just happened about. fast enough and they just explained it. Like I didn't really get the plot point and it didn't seem very interesting, but the Joes managed to, they use the co- <laughs> they use the elevator grid and get back in there. And so they're kind of too late is the thing. They're trying to fight their way to get, I guess, they don't really know what's going on. They don't know about the little homing device. They just know that the shit might teleport out of there. They're there for the satellite. And at the last minute, they are teleporting the satellite out of there. And Duke runs over and just puts his hands on the Baroness. And guess what? He gone. They gone. He did. He gone. He ain't ain't dead. Oh, he ain't dead. He gone. (laughs) I mean, they don't know. Again, like if you see someone disappear (laughs) with an entire army and a blue flash of light, you don't know what's happened to them. They might have died. Something may have gone wrong. Right. That's how crazy this technology is. Mm -hmm. If you think about it. Oh, but that fight scene, that was that was the craziest fight scene because um, lasers are going everywhere and no one's taking cover. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the actual, the actual uh, um, animation on the screen uh-huh. is just bullets whizzing like everywhere by them, and they're yes. just like, 
They're sitting there just firing. Nobody's concerned. Up. Nobody's concerned with being hit. I mean, no they all like these lasers don't seem to have any effect like, on don't anybody. Don't you know the cartoon rules? We can't die on film. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, everybody can just tumble out of the way anyway. So <laughs> fuck it. Who cares? Somersaults for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the way. <laughs> that's the first thing in law enforcement and in military training that they teach you is tumbling. <laughs> all right, we head over to what I assume is Cobra Citadel. I, I'm assuming that's where they are. That's where they've been teleported. So Duke appears in Cobra Citadel and he's surrounded by enemies. He sees Cobra Commander in Destro. I don't know what his history is supposed to be with them, like with them at this point, except that he does know who they are. He is immediately ready in a completely new area being teleported for what I have to assume is the first time in his life. He is ready to fight everybody. He is ready to fight every person in the room single-handedly. And he kind of does for a second. Like he, he, he holds his own for even two seconds. Yeah. It's crazy that he's able to fight an army for even two seconds, but he doesn't care. It's like, he's that guy, like the image of a man just like ripping the pen out of a grenade with his teeth gritted. Like that's Duke. In any situation, he's like, fuck it. I thought he was getting it. He was getting it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was going after it. Like, he fucking kicks ass. But sadly, Duke can't hold his own against right. the whole army. Even Duke can't do it. If someone comes behind him and chokes him out, right? Or like, it, someone like touches his neck. Oh, probably something like that. <laughs> something wild. The thing is, they get him down there, and then Cobra Commander says, take him to the, the slave, slave pens. pens. Nobody, you're not supposed to have those. <laughs> Those aren't no, legal? Nobody's supposed to have slave pens. That's You shouldn't admit to having slave pens, even if you do have them yeah. and you use them. But it sounds terrible. It sounds like somebody's going to be put to work. Someone's going to be used. <laughs> Something like It just sounds very uh, Eastern Bloc, like very underhanded and seedy. You know? yeah, some, yeah, some slaving's going, it's going some down. Some kind of sla- slave anything, frankly, you don't want to have. Yeah. Unless you're a slave freer. If you're a slave freer, it's good. A slave's <laughs> rights activist. <laughs> That's okay to be. That's okay to be. We get some stuff here where you, this is where we meet some of the background characters, but we don't meet them. Right. Like in the Joe side of things. Because we cut back to America. Oh, I assume it's America. And it's like Joe compound. And there's a guy who's on computers. He's got a hick accent. But we could really use a, a, um, a little title card on there for who he for is. For everybody and, and what, what they do. Yeah. Why not? Why not just do it? Like you you have these little comics that come with the characters, like on, on this, the toys, that tell you their whole background. Yeah. Steve dash Joe dash technician computer exactly. geek. Exactly. Just tell me. I, I have no issue with people telling I like it when they do that. And the X-Men comics for a while recently, they did that where there would be a caption whenever there was a character that appeared. Right. They would just like put their name in the caption just in case you're new to the whole thing. Why not? Like, I don't know who these people are. This guy is on the computer and they figure out that there's a connection to a doctor. A connection. A connection to a doctor in New England that had like had worked on the same technology that the mass device is based on. But the thing is, first, Cobra Commander is going to address the world because he's going to take over the airwaves, essentially. Right. Addressing the whole world over radio and television. And he's saying... Everybody, he's saying to the civilians, he's, he's appealing to the civilians, tell your leaders not even to try. Just tell them to give up in this many hours or we'll, I don't know, make the Eiffel Tower disappear. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they do. They make the Eiffel Tower just teleport. I don't know where it goes, though. Where do they put it? It's not a destruction device. It's a teleportation device. Maybe in his house. 
I, I guess there's enough room in the <laughs> Cobra Citadel, but still, like, it just it doesn't seem like there would be enough right. room in there, you know? <laughs> like, that dude, doesn't seem dude, like Dr. Vandermeer. Laszlo is, Vandermeer. Is an interesting character, man. He, yes. he looks like he may or may not have been on an episode of To Catch a Predator oh, yeah. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he just looks like a, just an element of creepiness to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, we don't even get to meet him right away, actually. But the Joes realize that the only way... There's this connection with the doctor and uh, the device. And so they say, we got to go to New England which is a really nice exotic lo- location for them to visit on this right. world-faring show. So the Joes head out to New <laughs> we can, England. We can go anywhere. The thing with these background characters, and because we see them in the computer room, we see them in the fight that comes later, and they're not just not named. And again, I kind of like it because it's just kind of like, okay, we'll meet them at some point. But in seeing them and not knowing their story, it was distracting because there's like a shirtless man with a handlebar mustache and a guy with a cowboy hat <laughs> right. and shit. And it just hammers home to me, Cobra and G.I. Joe's, they're really not that different because it's pretty much just like, come as you are. We'll hire anybody with a special skill or a funny accent, preferably both. Yeah. And it's bring your own costume. <laughs> like, it's just like provide your own. There's no uniforms. Bring your own costume. We'll give you some weapons to shoot. It's really just a bunch of weirdos, yeah, right. like a collection of weirdos <laughs> on either side that they get together. And of course, Cobra Commander, when he signs off on the uh, addressing the world, Cobra! <laughs> That's what, like, what is the motto of Cobra, you think? Is it? Cobra? I think so. So if the United it's, it's States... Only, it's only um, Major Blood yelling Cobra. Well, it's Cobra Commander yes. yelling Cobra. He does yes, it often, yes. too. He, every, <laughs> I think I can see them looking at Dester afterwards like, you don't, you're not... We need solidarity here. Solidarity. Solidarity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The way that Cobra Commander does the S's, like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have the patience to do that myself. I wouldn't be able to catch all my S's. Yeah, right. Like, I'd be like, again? So they're going to head off to... New England. But we need to go check in with Duke again. Duke is in the slave pens, guys, and he wakes up in the slave pens surrounded by slaves who seemingly have, have fancy headbands on. They have headbands on and they seemingly have like uniforms almost. Like they're all wearing basically the same thing, which seems like a waste of money. Well, that's your standard issue um Cobra um slave uniform. Well, clearly, I just want to I mean, Cobra must have money to burn <laughs> if they're willing to take you out of the clothes that they found you in. And put you into shabby clothing that they provide. That seems, it just seems like they didn't, they only designed two kinds of clothing to have for the slaves, like male and female. And then that's just what everybody had. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like a sauna outfit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of like just tattered, just a little bit tattered. Otherwise, you're just hanging at the gym. Right. And, uh, Baroness comes in and like lords herself over Duke big, t- big time. Like she's like standing akimbo over him and saying that he's going to the arena of sport, which sounds like it's supposed to be scary. But frankly, it sounds like a like a really fun place where you'd go play like indoor soccer to me, like a place where friends can go have friendship and have fairness and right. learn the importance of sportsmanship. Like that's what it seems like more to me than a place where it's like. Sport, as in you hunt the most dangerous game, man. Yeah. It does not sound forbidding to say the arena of sport to me. A sports arena. That's all you're saying is sports arena. New England, the Joes show up, and they think they're meeting up with Dr. Laszlo Vandermeer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, that name. Laszlo is a great name. It is. And the the line that we heard from Major Blood earlier should be a, a tip to you, that he meets them in New England posing 
as Laszlo Vandermeer with another one of these crazy ass Mission Impossible masks right. that just turns you into another person, essentially. Yeah. So, and I, by the way, it's like a split second. I don't even think they see him in the mask for very long. It's like they could have just hid out. They didn't. He didn't have to put on a mask. He could have just hid and then jumped out at the Joes and fought them because it's all for all the good that did. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, if they have masks, this great technology that's amazing why don't they just infiltrate the joes and like take them out one by one that would be a way better tactic i think than fighting them in battle because they don't seem to do well in battle they just get chased off good point like a pack of wolves this this is your jetpack theory though you know it's yeah gonna, it's gonna it's, gonna, <laughs> it's well it's gonna think, fail every time i think man. every i think every theory i have works against them having a continuing children's show <laughs> is the issue it's like everything i come up with is like well if we do that then they they only last for an episode and you have to right. come up with a new villain yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. just not gonna work pretty soon you're just watching a real live episode you're watching just like a <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally <laughs> And this is a case where we, again, have a long period of just fighting, little talking, if any, little dialogue, some sound effects, but a shit ton of music. I think this is as good a time as any to hear some of the groovy music that we've been talking about. But just think about as a kid, like, yeah, it's, it's swinging. It's swing. It's not swing music, but it's definitely like I think of just like people like having a very a very wholesome time to this yeah. music, not blowing up <laughs> tanks and pre- I mean I assume uh, dying off screen deaths is what I have to assume is happening during all this. I'm gonna go over these hills right over there, and I'm gonna die. Can you shoot me over there? <laughs> so this first part almost sounds like kung fu music to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little yeah, bit seventies yeah. kung fu. It all sounds seventies, and. This is swinging Batman music from the 60s. <laughs> Get it. Lots of horn stabs. Yeah. <laughs> but just the rhythm, that's as fast as it gets. The tempo. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like <laughs> Very jagged. <laughs> Let's take her down. We should be right over Vandermeer's farm. The flute. And the best. Here we go. <laughs> this is the music that that finishes the cartoon. This is the credits at the end. <laughs> it's just like this, like that movie Stripes. I just associate immediate, immediately right. with that kind of music. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. So why is military music silly? I guess it's left over from colonial times, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't meant to be silly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think they wanted to be silly. <laughs> I don't think that was their intention. Yeah, <laughs> but it has morphed into that. <laughs> yes. Though. So the Joes, just by look, I don't think that there's half the time when the Joes win or at least like drive off uh, Cobra. There isn't a particular reason that they won. It just happens. Like they, it's just assumed that they will win, and I don't understand the <laughs> tactics. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah, yeah. they drive them off, and they seriously, it's just like scaring away bugs. It's just like telling the <laughs> like catching a spider and releasing it outside. Scarlet even says this. She says, "Cease fire. They've had it," and then they run away. That's not how the army works. If they surrender, you take them in. I guess you don't say like, "Okay, we've shot them enough." Let's stop and let them run away you, and re. You, you take them in, you torture them in a Absolutely. prison, and you get all the information you can get from them. Yes. And you lie about it to the people of your country. Then you kill them. Yes. Or you release one of them back into society so they can tell everyone just how ruthless you are. And then in three months, you wind up killing that person anyways. Yeah, well, yeah. They, <laughs> you got they, a device they commit of them. suicide. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what. That's the GI Joe I want to see. <laughs> Hey, maybe that live action movie has it for you. Guantanamo Joe. Yeah, right. (laughs) 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 Oh, you were silly. You are. (laughs) So Dr. Laszlo Vandermeer is fine. He's okay, guys. Don't worry about Dr. Laszlo Vandermeer. He's just fine. Uh, He's a little worse for wear. He's dead now, though. I mean, in real life, he's he's Oh, yeah. Everybody gets, it's like, instead of like in Men in Black, how they erase your memory, they just erase you after you've seen some of these crazy things. They just get rid of you afterwards. (laughs) But Laszlo Vandermeer, he must have a very storied history, like (laughs) that with a name like that. Uh, he's okay, I guess. He's kind of beat up, Chris it Hansen. looks like. Oh, come inside. Take, <laughs> exactly. a, take a seat. If you have a lab coat on and you're outside of the lab, you probably <laughs> are up to no good, in my what, opinion. What are those wine coolers for? But Dr. Vandermeer does have bad news for them. He says that Cobra's already stolen his work, and so he can't give them anything. He can't do anything for them. I don't understand if Cobra... Why was Cobra there then? They should have already... If they've already got the technology, they already had his work. They didn't just steal That's it right true. then. That's like, true. Anyway, I mean, it, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> another case of let it just let it happen. Who cares? But it is what it, it, it is just happened because it happened. World. Yeah. But the reason like the reason I'm bringing that up is just because for the plot, that means that the Joes now, he tells them you're going to have to make your own device, your mass device. And this is where I think the three elements thing is going to come back into play next episode because you have to have that. I didn't see any three elements. Was there something presented in front of me? Like, like, oh, pro- did you not? Was there something that promenaded around me real are prevalent? You, are you unable to see through uh, transparent glass? Is that an issue you have? Oh, man, it's on my driver's license. I really can't okay, see through. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was presented um, really quite clearly uh, as if it were just uh, regular dirt just put in front of you like it didn't matter. Okay. Yeah, just three elements that apparently just barely exist in the world. That's yeah. how rare they are. And they can put together somehow liquid, dust, and dirt make... Everything teleports when you put these three things together. Well, so the Joes, I assume next episode, because we're about to wrap things up. The Joes. The Joes. <laughs> the Joes. They are going to have to put that shit together, is my guess. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But they are going to have to put together a mass device. And to do that, you got to have... Got to have the three elements. Have to. Finally, at the last of this, we cut back to Duke at the Cobra Citadel, and he is going to be in for the fight of his life. In the arena of sports. The arena of sport. He is going to play... He's gonna play kickball (laughs) against the entire Cobra team. One on on 15. (laughs) You imagine that? Yeah. I can see him getting real into it and like talking shit the whole time too. You know Duke would do that. No, he's he wakes up with a headband on, one of these mind-controlling headbands that the slaves were wearing in the arena of sport, which has columns and everything. Like it's a like a Grecian, like you know, a Christian fighting a lion sort of thing. And Cobra Commander and Destro are there up on a high podium that has a flag on the front of it of some kind or some tapestry. Duke again, upon waking up from being unconscious, like I've been unconscious before. I wasn't gonna do anything in the first few minutes. Like to I, I had to get my wits about me. Yeah. Duke wakes up and just jumps at the podium and starts trying to climb the fucking tapestry. And I just assume if he got up there, he would just punch Destro in the face like a good American, good red-blooded American would, you know? That's Duke just, just ready to go. Man. He's ready to get I me. Mean, he's a he's a he is an untamed beast, Duke. <laughs> but no, here's the thing: the headband, they have control of his body and mind. So d- d- 
do you think scientifically it's sound to assume that if you could control a man's mind and body, that you'd be able to pull out a joystick, a joystick and control everything about a person with just a joystick <laughs> with directions? No, but it makes for a funny scene on this it cartoon. It's really though. funny. He pulls out, it's Atari. It's just an Atari joystick, but he's not even pressing buttons. He's just moving it. That's it. And yet somehow that makes people do very tasks. You know how many tasks your mind has to like juggle at once? It's not just motor skills. It's, it's insane. But he, so they get control of him to keep him away from them. And then Cobra has his own champion. This guy, this is just bonkers is what it is yeah. <laughs> this is not even a human this is a like a, a full-on fucking giant like from a fantasy novel all he can do is groan like frankenstein and he's superhumanly strong and he bring him out like where the hell did this guy come from <laughs> is he genetically engineered by cobra why is he in the ring but he's controlled too cobra's controlling him destro's con gonna control duke i guess or at least he's gonna keep him from running away too much or fighting back too much up down up down up down up yeah down. it's gonna be street fighter <laughs> and so that's where we're left. Like, because the giant comes out, that's all I can do. Seriously, I don't, I, I don't, this, this element really threw me that they just have a giant. Where did it throw you? It threw me out of my own house. It okay. evicted me from my own house. It threw me so hard. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, I, I love, that's something I, I, by the end of the show, I was like, okay, I get it now. I wish I would have watched this as a kid. This isn't a military anything. This is a bunch of superheroes and vigilantes and science fiction concepts just thrown into a show. And then you act like it's somehow related to the military by saying soldier. Well, well, if you look real closely, right over the hills, right in the distance, there's some sort of military action going on over there. <laughs> People shooting each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's <laughs> helicopters and planes and a case. One guy's wearing camo mm -hmm. and there's someone who's called the general. A couple generals, yeah. a sergeant out there. Yeah. You'll meet. Yeah. <laughs> that is, is barely connected to the military, but that's the cliffhanger. That, well, that's part of the cliffhanger you're left on. Duke in danger, fighting an unstoppable superhuman, like the Hulk. He's fighting the Hulk. And then we also get a, a little taste of what's to come. A slave girl, unnamed. I said, when she spoke this line that I have a clip of mm -hmm. out loud, I didn't even have, I didn't even laugh yet. I just said, thank you out loud to the world. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> I must find the way to help him. <laughs> She is so meek. Yeah. I guess she's like, maybe it's like she's been a slave for so long, the headband's wearing down, but she can barely get her own voice out of, you know, like to speak over the mind control. But the accent and the delivery, everything about it was just so sad. <laughs> so this slave girl is going to play some kind of role in uh, liberating our good friend Duke. I hope, I hope it doesn't end with episode two. And you just were lying to me earlier about all the years the show was on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or at least that Duke survives more than an episode. I mean, his toy was out for a while, so I yeah. think he's going to be on the show for a time to come. But that's the cliffhanger they leave us on, which is, I like that these are ending on cliffhangers. I wish all of these cartoon shows were miniseries. Yeah, right. Because TMNT was the same way. Mm -hmm. There's kind of like, okay, we set things up, but what happens next? Where's Shredder? So I, I, I liked it. I liked that a lot. It, it feels... It feeds the kid brain, man. Big time, man. It helps you out. Big time. 
Uh, I really enjoyed watching this cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, we do. I can't, I'm kind of happy that I missed out on this in my youth because now I get to catch up yeah. and enjoy all the many, 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 many episodes that they have of this show. Uh, man, it's going to be a good time. We have to revisit this. Yeah, for sure. Man. I mean, I got to find out. I'm going to wa- I'm going to watch it whether we watch it or not yeah, for yeah, the show, yeah, but I'm yeah. going to watch it. But yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of Joe's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Doing as many Joe's as uh, a port town hooker. Jeez. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Days past Tooncast, guys. Yeah, Port Town Hookers <laughs> and cartoons all here at the DPTC. <laughs> so I enjoy. What did you think about it? I loved it, man. It was yeah. actually it was really entertaining. It was a good. The animation was dope. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Good, man. The good. crash scenes are awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the jump, that Pearl Harbor scene was just <laughs> was just ridiculous. It was it was done so well, man. The the kind of explosions that they have on this show are like it's like a cloud of red of imp- that just yeah. balloons up slowly. And so like no explosion looks like this, but it looks awesome. Yeah. It's, I guess maybe in Japan they do, cause that's where this is animated. So maybe they, they explode differently over there, but yeah, dude, I, the, the designs are cool. Yeah. Everybody has their own look. Everybody funny, looks funny. Funny as all get out oh, for man. an adult to watch it. It's completely out of this world. It's just, everything is crazy. Everything is heightened and weird mm-hmm. and does <laughs> has no place in a military anything. Yeah. Like I, 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 I would have to assume that soldiers hate this show because <laughs> it's like this G. is not I Joe. This is crazy not, people in costumes. Yes. Why rocket packs? <laughs> I mean, why not? If you're gonna have rocket packs, there's a lot of things you need to bring into this. You yeah, know, right? That you're missing. <laughs> There's a lot of trivia to be said about this show. I'm, I can't even, I'm not even going to say all the shit that I wrote down for it. Yeah. The same production like trio that worked on this worked on Transformers as well. And then, I mean, made Transformers and then also made Gem and the Holograms, which is another one that we'll have to do at some point. Oh, I mean, I've never even. Oh, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have been into it. it as a kid, but uh, yeah. It was Marvel Productions and then also Sunbow Productions. They kind of split the production duties. Marvel was in charge of recording the vocals, like the voiceover and doing storyboards and stuff like that. And then Sunbow actually was in charge of the scripts and character design and that sort of just the design of the show. And then they sent that off to Toei Animation, T-O-E-I, in Japan. And they that same animation company worked on those other two shows too. So they must have had a lot of synergy because Transformers was really popular and Jim was relatively popular, I would say. And so it's just kind of cool that that's like a, group that kept coming back together to make these good shows. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. On the show, this this struck me as so funny because it just hits home. Yes, this is a cool show and it's meant to sell toys because as the show went on, <clears throat> so many toys got introduced. Like there were over like 500 toys oh. that were made <laughs> and over 250 vehicles yeah. for the show. And as new characters would be introduced in the comics and in the toy line, they would have to introduce them on the show and they would just basically like kind of retire other characters or put them in the background. And so constantly new characters showing up on the show and kind of taking a center stage and other characters just put out of their misery, you know, until you, until you need to hear from them again. And then they would bring them back sometimes. Cause like Duke has another figure coming out, but it's like the show Oz that was on HBO where it's like, well, everybody dies at some point. So we have to keep introducing new characters. You're at the mercy 
of the toy company completely. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, we, uh, new guys here. Got to kick him out. Sorry. Got to kill Duke. Got to kill whoever. I never noticed until we started doing this podcast that, man, these cartoons were just based. They were just circled around these toys, man. Big time. Most like of them. you said, the, the evil guy, come on, make me a toy. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, I like just salivating <laughs> in, in, in the top, in the top floor of his, of his suite. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just salivating at the idea of like, oh, we haven't done a helicopter yet. When you do military, you're just opening up the treasure trove there. You know, it's like fucking vehicles, weapons, uh, shit to dress up as all sorts of bad guys and good guys. What's <laughs> they made these female character toys, by the way, and they were worried they wouldn't sell. So they would include them with the vehicles sometimes yeah. like they would include women in the vehicles. It's like, ah, people, ah, boys don't want to play with girls. They don't want that. So we'll put them with the vehicles. An incentive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Incentive. To buy a Yeah, you know what? We got to get people to buy these toys somehow because we made them. So yeah, <laughs> oopsie, I made a scarlet. <laughs> Boss, I don't know what happened. We were, we pressed this button on the factory and all these scarlets came out. Well, put them with the vehicles then. Gonna have to. Yeah. They ain't moving. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to limit it on the that, trivia. That, that bitch loses jetpacks. We don't want a lot of her. <laughs> Shit, no. Can't afford her. No, no, definitely not. Uh, as far as the cast goes, mm -hmm. man, it is a packed cast. Mm. Like, as far as quality and uh, history goes. Yeah. Duke was played by Michael Bell. He's done voice acting shit since the 70s. That's what they call it, the biz. Voice acting shit. VOS. Oh, yeah. VOS. Uh, he played Cyclops on Pride of the X-Men, which was a pilot for an X-Men cartoon series that didn't get made. I have the VSR of this. I got the here VSR at the house. pops. <laughs> That's right. This show was great. I watched it a lot as a youth. As a ute. To you. A ute. And he played Cyclops on it. And that's just like, that's so cool to me that that little bit right there, that's such a big part of my childhood, that one uh, pilot that they did. And we definitely have to watch that at some point. He also played, gosh, this is crazy. Oh, are you overhyping it? No. Okay, let's this do is it. Nuts. Let's do it. This is so funny. Kiss had a very infamous television special called Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park in 1978. I don't remember if it was all of the band members or maybe just a certain one that their performance had to be replaced in ADR, meaning that they someone had to go back and replace their voice. Michael Bell, who played Duke, replaced the voice of Peter Chris on Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Wow. In 1978. That's what a role. What a role to be credited with. This guy couldn't talk well enough, so I did it for him. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> um, we've got BJ Ward playing Scarlet, and she's done a ton of voiceover stuff. Uh, notably, she was a touring member of the improv group, The Groundlings. Oh. Which that's a big deal. Like that's up there with Second City and everything. And that's, I mean, she was only in it when she was young, I think, but that's just a cool pedigree to have when you're coming into voice acting. On, man. Big time. Uh, she also did the voice for the safety narration for Spaceship Earth at Epcot Center. I went to that as a kid. I've heard that voice, and that's a fucking cool thing to go to. Never been yeah. there, but that's cool, though. It man. is. It's a big brag on my part. Yeah, it is. I, Epcot's the only thing. Hey. If, yeah. I get it. You had parents that loved you. Exactly. All right, guys. Or didn't love me enough, so they had to make up for it by taking me to Epcot Center twice. Uh, you know what? I feel all. I feel better about the whole situation now. Yeah, you should. <laughs> You're real. See, I have a fake background. Okay. You don't know the plight of the rich white kid. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it hurts. Did you take it? Did you take a sip from your gold cup? Exactly. I'm sitting cross-legged. <laughs> and. <laughs> On a throne yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Snake Eyes does not say anything 
in this episode. I don't even hear like vocal efforts, like a landing, like or something like that. But when he does have vocals, Frank Welker plays him. Frank Welker is fucking royalty in the voiceover world. I could never even more so s- than Rob. Mm, I would say so. Because, wow. okay, well, here's the thing. Frank Welker has been active since the 60s. He has played Freddy on Scooby-Doo okay. since 1969. Oh, that's right. You told without me about that. Without break, okay. yeah. yeah. He, that, that's got to be a record of some kind, like to play the same animated character for 50 years almost. That's insane. He still gets work. I mean, he still gets a lot of work. He played Megatron, the main bad guy on the Transformers. He plays Nibbler on Futurama, the little pet. And he also plays his speaking voice as well as his little like kind of noises thing. And yeah. he's known for doing creature and animal voices, like in noises. He actually played Curious George for a long time, like in the more recent movie and stuff like that. Is he like 118 years old? He's pretty old. <laughs> pretty old guy at this point. And he's still, he's, he's ready to go. He's wow. down to clown. I, I got I got to YouTube some stuff on him, see if I can get some... Uh, I bet I haven't even looked it up, man. There's a lot. Uh, last couple here. The narrator is Jackson Beck, and that is an old dude. I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but he was in the a 1940s. narrator. Though. Yeah, dude. I'd, I'd hire him in a second. Yeah. He has been around since the 1940s doing radio announcing, like back then. He announced I believe The it. Adventures yeah. of Superman, the radio action show. Wow. Yeah, it's a big deal. What's the date on that? Like 1943, I think. Something (laughs) like that, yeah. And he also played Bluto in Popeye in the 1940s. I mean, you know it's old if it's Popeye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If it's Popeye, it's old. (laughs) Finally, finally, finally. Okay. Cobra Commander. All right. Get ready. Played by Christopher Collins. Okay. Played Starscream on Transformers. Almost the exact same voice. He guested on Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Married with Children, Seinfeld, NYPD Blue. These are shows, especially the last two, that I love. Wow, yeah. Guested on them. Yeah. He was a stand-up comedian. He guested in the movie Roadhouse. And finally, this is the what we're all building this, to. Okay, this, this is the big, is, big. I, I need you to be ready. All right, man. I need you. The door, right. the bathroom door's open. So whatever's going to come out of you, you can just run right in there afterwards. I'm going to have to run and throw up? Yeah, or or I don't know what else. Okay, yeah. release about Out of one end or the other. <laughs> okay. All right. Christopher Collins played the original voice of Mr. Burns on the first season of The Simpsons. And he also was the first one to record lines for Moe the bartender on The Simpsons. Those lines were not kept on Moe. He was replaced by Hank Azaria before they ever made it to air. But he actually made to air the original lines that he recorded for Mr. Burns, and then he was replaced by Harry Shearer after that first season. Wow. Is, so, that big, is it that big of a difference? Have you ever heard of it? You know, I, I'm sure I've heard them before, but I don't. I, I would almost assume that they've gone back and replaced them with Harry Shearer at this point. That seems like something they would do. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. But that's a huge deal. Now, I mean, at the time, it's just another cartoon gig, but like, yeah. that's a piece of history I didn't even realize. That I didn't know big, that anyone man. else ever voiced those characters. Yeah. Sadly, Christopher Collins passed in 1994, and it just seems like this guy was majorly talented. I mean, uh, aside from just going, yeah, you know, all the time, he did all these other things too. <laughs> so, uh, huge, huge catalog, man. Yeah, dude. All, lots of shit. Probably more than I even looked up. But yeah. for now, uh, do you have any trivia that you'd like to share? Any trade secrets, any intelligence that you've gathered on the Joes? 
only in the form of a toy talk. And maybe it's time for what's what's the time for? Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Corner. Yeah, it's about that time. Man, you got me in the mood for some toys. <laughs> I mean, I'm checking out my Joe watch right here, <laughs> and it's, it's right. Half past Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your jetpack, bitch? Where's your jetpack? <laughs> All right, man. So, you know, it's the usual time where we talk about toys. Toy time. On the internet for different prices and stuff. All right, man. So, so Will, if I if I were to tell you that I found an '82 Vamp Jeep in a box, pristine condition, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm guessing the Vamp Jeep is a, a vehicle they're going to introduce later on. Maybe we've already seen it. We just didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, like right. I said, everything that appears on screen either is a toy or becomes a toy. Yeah, right. Yeah. How much? How much would you say one a pristine? Once again, a pristine '82 Vamp Jeep in a box, and this is a full. Size car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can hop in it and just and drive it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're messing with me. No, I'm messing with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeep in a box seems like like a like around fifty fifty dollars. Hundred bucks. Hundred dollar. That is man. That is four times as much as you said, Travis. I'm gonna have to correct you on that. That's uh twice as much as oh, I said. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Ma- math is bad. Yeah. All right. Um. Now let's move down the road here. If I told you I found a vintage 82 Storm Shadow, a very rare ninja in a box. Yes, ninja in a box. Yeah, Storm Shadow Box Ninja. ninja. Come yeah. and get it. It's a major export from Japan. <laughs> box Ninjas. Yeah, right. It's not as good as bottled ninjas. It's not as classy, but it's the kind of thing you would take to like a dinner party. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this, this, is, this is 1982, man. This, this thing is in a box. It's very pristine. Storm Shadow Ninja. That seems like very a big rare. deal. That seems like a big Very deal. Very rare. It, yeah. it has a little card on it and everything. They're hard to catch. Yeah. Ninjas. I, <laughs> and once you do, they kill you while you're sleeping. <laughs> once you catch them, you're caught. Yeah, I'd say, man, that seems like a... Uh, uh, $50. $400. It's like eight times what I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's eight times, buddy. It's eight times what I guess. Mm. <laughs> You're sucking keep, at this. Keep going. All right, man. Um, <laughs> is my Duke in a box? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That made all the Duke shit worth it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how much? Duke in a box, man. Duke. <laughs> I can take a Duke in a box for you right now. What will you pay me for it? You got one under your chair right there. Yeah. Just toss me that over. There's a hole in the chair. Okay. Yeah. I said I was you're, sitting on a throne. You've just been doing that. Yeah. Red face every once in a while. I've been sitting, I've been taking an hour and a half long shit <laughs> during this podcast. If I sound any more relaxed now than I did at the I, beginning. I just got clothes put on my nose. Just talking yeah. like this whole time. Duke in a box. Is my Duke in a box? I'm going to slap. What? You, know, you know what I would pay for that? What would you pay for that? I'd pay 50 dollars. <laughs> you like 50 tokens. With, yeah. Uh, $300. Yeah. Travis, you know, I keep guessing at these and you keep just knocking them out. You won't even give me one. Yeah. Right. Like that's six times what I just guessed. It you is. won't even just like, give me 
uh, f- throw me a bone on this shit. Just tell me I got it right. Okay. Okay. Maybe this next one. Okay. All right, man. G.I. Joe Sky Striker. These are two. Just- this, is, this is the Sky Striker 2. A ground digger. <laughs> it's every, it's like any <laughs> noun something or n- noun verber. What, what, do you, what do you got, man? G.I. Joe Sky Striker. What is two. it? <laughs> Tell me what it is before I guess. It is a plane. Okay. It is a plane. Is it a jet or a... Yes. Is it a commercial plane? <laughs> is it a biplane? Okay. Is it two-seater? Is it a Cessna? Yeah. What are we Give dealing me, with, Trev? Look, this makes a difference. Okay. Well, I don't know, man. Probably came with like four Scarlets. Yeah, probably. right? <laughs> uh, I'm... Okay, so it's it's a box... There's a box. Sky Striker in a box. In a Doesn't box. work the same. Planes go. Planes typically fall in like the 50 area. So I'm going to play it safe. 50. 50. All right. Well, that's funny you said that because you're right in a wrong way. It's $350. Guys, just give us a second. I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk to you more about this later. That's fun. All right, so yeah, man, you're you're right. You're fifty dollars, right on. Wow, right I on can't track. believe I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally right. Yeah, for for a whole um, life size plane. Yeah, pretty good price point. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Fuel so- fuel is where they get you on the planes, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the pilot too. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna cost extra. All right, man. So an eighty two, a nineteen eighty two Cobra Commander, in a box. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> It's not like a person that they they manufactured a whole Cobra Commander man in 1980-something. All the S's are included in this Cobra mm-hmm. Commander. What is, he got, wearing, is he wearing the mask or is he wearing like the, the face plate mask or is he wearing the mask that's like a hood? Mask. mask. The face plate mask. Okay. The reflection that's one. That's my, my preference. <laughs> Let's see. The last one I did was 50 and I was right. So... This one probably won't be 50. So I'm going to guess like like 60. $300. Oh, shit. No, you're right. No, 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 no. 60 was right. No, no, no. <laughs> Man, you don't have to. Come on. I got thicker skin than that. That's like five times what I guessed, though. Yeah, right? God, that's nuts. All right, man. Now, this, this, this is. This, you could send people to college with this shit. Right. All right, man. So this is the grand finale. This okay. is the reason why I have this 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 artist. Um, yeah, Travis. Travis here. brought in one of these um, anatomy posable wooden men or women, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh, and he brought it in. It's in a very festive pose, not sexual, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. What did you? Why did you bring this guy to All me? All right, man. So um, two. Two friends went into a uh, an art shop and saw this, and they had an idea that, hey, you know what? There's not an action figure out there that you can move around at all points, like like this artist mannequin. This artist mannequin, you know, it has pivots on every every part. You can do any pose. So they had this idea, man, because at that time, you know, Ken Ken was out in the 1960s, but he was merely eye candy for Barbie. He did, I didn't know he, Ken he, had he, come out. He yeah, he he did not move. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Quit taking a dump in your chair. Listen. So yes. So at that time, Ken was just you know he his legs and arms moved. That was about it. He could put a shirt on, but it was it was weird. <laughs> he was like a like an unwilling three year old. Like you're trying to put the shirt on him, and he stands yeah. up in the air. It was yeah. like trying to give a, a cat a bath. It yeah. was a cat, not not cat. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah, it was very rough. So yeah, these two two friends, man, they they kind of proposed this idea to Hasbro. 
in the 1960s to get this this GI Joe doll, a, li- a live action figure doll going on. And they went ahead, you know, they got it, they got it patented, everything. Hasbro actually picked them up on it. And 1964, this toy, this that the foot long toy you're talking about yeah, earlier, yeah, huge. came to be. And uh, man, I found I found some of these. I had no idea that these these really existed that yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was this was the original GI Joe. It was actually named after an older movie too. So oh, they, okay. they kind of took the name from that. And there was a problem with that, but we'll get that later. The original American hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this this fifty year old GI Joe man, um, there's a there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them out there. How much would you tell me? How much would you guess about fifteen of these guys would be in just pr- in pristine condition, not in a box? They're all the same one though. No, no, no they're different. They're oh, okay, li- little okay. different ones. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're just wanting you, me to you, fill in the blanks on what each of them is. No, right no, now. no. Right now, this this seller, this serious inquiries only inquiries. Well, right, but I'm only. saying you're telling me there's 15 toys, they're of varying d- types. Yes. And now, but you won't tell me what they are. Well, there <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there there's some some Aqua marines. Joe. Yeah. There, there's 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 some marines, there's some army, there's a nurse in this collection. There's about 15 this guy's selling on uh-huh. uh, on this private website. Right, right. How much would you say his his price tag is for about 15, 15. of these? Okay. Not in a box, just just really good condition. Just, just hanging loose. Just hanging loose, <laughs> yeah. man. But they're on little stands. They look pretty nice. How much uh, would you say? Because this number astonished me. I'm going to guess. That sounds like a lot. That's old. There's a lot of them. 65. Dollars? Yeah. <laughs> and $35, actually. No, no. Um, $30,000. Holy shit! Right, <laughs> the nurse, the nurse alone goes for two thousand dollars on the internet. Nurse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real talk, dude. Wow, I saw that man. In, in the guy's numbers down there, and I, I followed it, and he's, he's like, you know, serious, serious only, please. Yeah, I don't like, have that's time. a that's a that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's like buying a car, man. <laughs> yes, dude. Serious. Wow. I can imagine just like like clearing out grandpa's attic and then, you know, like you find these weirdly posed G.I. Joe's up there and you're like, what is this shit? Just get rid of it. <laughs> grandpa, what are you into? Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's funny to think like when I think of G.I. Joe, I always think of this series. I mean, it's what was going on when I was a kid and it seems to be more in the public eye than anything else. But G.I. Joe, the name and the product line has been around fucking forever and it never really went away completely like it went on through the 70s and everything and then the 80s version is just like was just the newest addition basically so that's crazy interesting documentary on youtube oh yeah for the uh the gi joe beginnings do you remember the name of it um just gi joe part one and part two gi joe documentary yeah the toy yeah yeah just type in toy 1964 gi joe excellent it's pretty awesome i'm digging it man (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I might check that out. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Cool, daddy-o. <laughs> You're just like hitting a freaking yo-yo. Man, that, that groovy tunes earlier just, you know, had me going. All the all the horns and the funky guitars. You're jiving, turkey. Yeah, <laughs> just free jazzing. <laughs> well, that's the G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Oh. A real American hero. Maybe it's sarcastic. A real American hero. Maybe that's how they want it to be read. I don't know. I'll give you a few options. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you decide. That it's open to interpretation, like any good art. And that's what this is, guys. Art. That wraps it up for the first episode of the first season, not even full season, of G.I. Joe. We will absolutely be returning to this uh deep, deep, deep well of masculine 
Beef red-blooded cakes. beefcake Americana. <laughs> A highly realistic representation of the our military machine. Shooting blanks everywhere. Shooting shooting lasers like you never thought possible. <laughs> and isn't possible. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at DPTooncast. You can email us dptooncast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash dptooncast. Please, whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast, rate and or review us. Check out our music video. It's a mashup of 1992's X-Men animated series theme with Sir Mix-A-Lot's Baby Got Back. Just search Days Past Tooncast. Uh, double up. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, uh, on YouTube. Yes, on the YouTube. Uh, recent guest of the show, Allie Hardgrave and I have Woo-hoo. a new podcast called The Parables, P-A-I-R-ables, because she and I pair up to talk about nerdy things. Video games, comics, sure, but what other stuff are you a nerd for? And what are we nerds for? Anybody can be a nerd about anything, any damn time they want, and that's what we're all about over there. You can find it in all the podcast places that people find podcast things. I love it. All right, guys, G.I. Joe will return as for me, Buck Sergeant Will signing off. Oh, man. Tudor, my Tudor. Tudor. Hop, two, three, four, hop, two, three.